Hey docs, welcome to the Female Physician Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon McLaughlin. We are the premium location where women physicians come and learn about building profitable businesses so that we can have the freedom to live our best life. We have this podcast, and we have a supportive community of over 9,000 women physicians. We do summits. We have a conference coming up in New York on May 20th. If you're in the New York metro area, come just for the day. If you're in from out of town, there's a hotel on premises and we'll be meeting Friday night to do some masterminding and adjourning on Sunday morning. So come and join us. You can find out more on our website at fpestrong.com. I look forward to seeing you guys in person. Now, if you like this podcast, do me a favor, give it a great review and make sure you share it with another doc who can benefit from it. All right, let's get started. Hello, everybody. Today we have Dr. Greenberg with us. This is part of our private practice series. Dr. Greenberg, thank you for being here. He is the owner of a physician buying group. You can find it on the internet or with the website as mppg.net. Dr. Greenberg, thank you for being here. Today we are going to be talking about joining or starting a private practice. Thank you for your time. And this whole series has been so helpful. I've had so many people reach out, they're enjoying it. We're going to be talking about joining or starting a private practice. If you were joining or starting a private practice today, what would be some of your concerns? Well, I think probably the the first thing that that doctors need to think about really is what kind of person am I? Um, Am I somebody who wants to show up at, you know, 839, leave at 5530, take care of patients, and leave everything at the office. In other words, um, am I going to be happy as an employee or am I somewhat entrepreneurial? And the history of private practice is being entrepreneurial because as much as we like to focus on the diagnostics and therapeutics of taking care of patients, if you're operating a medical practice, you are a small business owner. And you've got the double whammy of operating a small business, which is hard, um, and operating a small medical business, which is more complex. So I think that, you know, the first thing that that people really truly need to think about is who are they and what is it that's going to make them happy? Um, And they're different personalities. I mean, they really are. So, you know, the first caution that I would have is, you know, do not go into a setting that is not in harmony with what your goals are. Um, you know, if you join a practice with the idea, I'm just gonna take care of patients, but the person that's hired you is hiring you with the idea that you're gonna take the practice over one day, that's that's a big gap there that eventually is gonna to come to a head. I mean, it will. So, you know, first thing is have some clarity of what you really want. Um, in Southern California, um, Kaiser Permanente, you know, it's a massive, massive system. is a wonderful place if all you want to do is go take care, take care of patients. Um, but if you want to have your own business, if you want to be the person that's making the decisions, if you want to build some kind of value for your business, then then you're an entrepreneur almost by definition. Um, and then private practice where you can do those things becomes a big issue. But the way you enter a practice like this, you know, who are you working for? What is their vision? And and is there a concert between the two of those becomes very important. 
The second thing, broadly speaking, that I get concerned about is this disparity between our skill sets and the difference between enjoying something and being good at something. Um, I'm sure all of you have been to a restaurant where they started it because they like to cook. Um, but if they don't understand the business of a restaurant, they're going to fail. And you have the same thing in medicine. You, you can't just start a practice because you like taking care of patients. I mean, you can, but if you want to succeed, you are going to have to be able to do one of two things, either learn the business aspects of it or delegate the business aspects of it. One of those two. Um, joining a practice that already exists provides you with some um, buffer because um, hopefully and ideally the people that are running it already have done a good job and they can mentor you and teach you and, and eventually give you more and more responsibility. So eventually it becomes second hat to you. Um, but if you're going to do it de novo, you know, meaning just going out and starting your own practice, um, you've got to do the preparation to make sure that you understand the finances of it and the management of it and all of the different aspects of opening and keeping it open. What are some of the resources? I know the AMA has some resources for physicians that are out there that need to learn the business aspect of running the practice. So, you know, the AMA, as well as most of the state, state medical associations, usually have a practice management team that can help you with some of those things. Um, and I found them to be of, of uh, quite a bit of variability, some of which are very good, some of which are not very good. Um, specialty societies also provide some of that. Um, certainly in some of the more technical specialties, it becomes really important because they're different than what your colleagues are doing in their specialties. Then there's also tons of consultants out there. And as you can imagine, there's a lot of variability in the consultants. Um, but there are consultants that will basically start from beginning to end, you know, and tell you every single thing that you need to do and lead you down that pathway. There's also practice management organizations, you know, some of which will take an ownership, some of which will take a fee where they can set these things up for you. Um, and then also you can, you can use uh, some of the vendors that we have in our group where we have practice management consultants and um, HR employee groups and, you know, all the different pieces that you would need. But the most important thing I would say is you got to plan. Uh, you can't just put up, you know, a shingle and open the door and expect to be busy. It's a competitive climate, um, particularly if you're in the more desirable cities and more desirable neighborhoods of cities. Um, you know, if you are in an area where there's a scarcity, it's a lot easier. But if you're going to be in an area where there's a density of physicians, then you're going to have to be prepared. I know that your company has about 35, 40 contracts. So for somebody coming on your site, where should they start looking as far as some resources for a brand new practice or the business side of it? What would you recommend? You mentioned some of the consultants. Also, yeah, go ahead. The first place I would look would be some of the practice management consultants. We have a few of those. Um, and they can sit down and go through what it is that you desire to do and craft a plan to do that. Um, I would er implement early on some of the practice efficiency things that, that we offer, uh, Insperity, which essentially co um, employs your employees and takes all of that out of your hands, whether it's the payroll, the um, employee management, uh, 401k, 
um, health insurance. I mean, all of that they'll take off of your hands. Um, and looking at how you want to communicate to your patients, how you want the flow in the office. Um, but if I was doing it at this moment de novo, I would not think what a successful practice looks like today. I would think more about what does a successful practice look like in five years. And, and the reason I say that is that there are so many changes that are taking place. And I think you need to be very cognizant of what those things are. Um, actual square footage is probably going to be declining in terms of what you need because more and more of the patients that you take care of are never going to come into your office. You're going to see them remotely. And so um, that becomes an important aspect. Uh, remote devices are going to be sending information to you. They're going to require certain electronics for you to be able to accept that information. And so really important, I think, to, to think broadly um, what does a practice look like in five years? Um, and, and you can find plenty of places where people are predicting what they're going to be like in five years. Build that. And that way you're ahead of the game, you're cutting edge. And, and as these things develop, you continue to stay ahead of the game, as opposed to coming up with something, a great idea, a wonderful plan that is obsolete in a year. You mentioned uh, you know, practices in five years. Does anything else come to mind that you think you could provide some insight on for those who are listening. Yeah, I, I think the main thing overall is is kind of you know what we've been talking about. I mean, creating financial performance. What does it look like? What does my cash flow look like? Um, what kind of marketing and plan am I going to? How am I going to differentiate myself from everybody else? I mean, that becomes a really really big issue that people don't think about, and you know, and and it, it impacts everything. It impacts your marketing, but also, believe it or not, impacts your your contracting. You know, if you're in an area where there's a high density of physicians, um, you essentially have no negotiating power when it comes to what an insurance company is going to reimburse you, none, um, because they can take you or they can take the people down the street from you. On the other hand, if you can create something they don't have, um, whatever that might be, something that is unique in the marketplace, all of a sudden that becomes really important to a medical, to a uh, health insurance company. And they're much more likely to have a conversation about, about uh, the rates. So in the pediatric realm, as an example, if you're going to build a practice that is just a general pediatric practice, there's tons of them. But if you're going to build one that is highly focused on children with special needs, I mean, that is an underserved area that health insurance companies are desperate to fill. And it changes the way that you can speak with them about how you deserve to get paid for your work. So you got to be looking at those things, but also at patients themselves. Um, Southern California, a lot of people like having alternative services, whether it's acupuncture, acupressure, or herbal medicine, or, or these kinds of things. But those are the kinds of things that differentiate you, um, that create a little bit of a moat between you and competitors, both for patients, for hospital relations, um, and so I'll be thinking about all of those different things in terms of what kind of practice are you going to be developing. And lastly, you mentioned maybe some resources that others can look at to predict where they're going to be in five years from now. Anybody making predictions, any resources that you could provide? Yeah, none off the top of my head, but you know, there's all kinds of futurists out there that write articles on these kinds of things, and you can find them pretty quickly. Um, but also just think about, you know, in your own mind, what you hear from friends, what you hear from family, you know, God, I, I wish they would do this, you know, 
I mean, the, the, the ultimate entrepreneur is the one that solves problems. Um, so listen to what people's problems are, whether it's accessibility, whether it's communication, whether it is I need help when I travel. I mean, these are the, you know, you, you listen to what patients are saying and what their needs are. And you think about, is there a solution today for those issues? And if not, what kind of solutions are we going to see down the line? And then how do I adapt those early? You did touch upon location. I understand the when you're negotiating with the insurance company, if it's a high density area, it is very hard to go ahead and be able to negotiate any fees. I know that when the contract comes up, you may be able to negotiate a higher rate depending on your performance and whatnot. What other factors could a physician look at? What other areas as far as determining dem demographics? When I opened up my private practice, I didn't even think about this because I'm like, we're not relocating. I live in this area. It has to be somewhere that I, you know, is easily accessible right off a of parkway for me. There's some parkways that I know that aren't as busy um, during traffic hours. So those were the things that I was actually looking for. But for somebody starting off, what should they look at? Like, where could they find these numbers? Do you have any idea? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> first there's there's kind of the generic gestalt of of what it is, and and that you can pick up um, really from friends and family and from other physicians. So if you have if you have friends that are practicing in the community, and let's just say you have a certain specialty, you know what is it like? You know, I mean, do you have any problems? You know, referring patients to this specialty, you know, and. And that becomes an issue. Southern California, there's there's a shortage of pediatric neurologists, as an example. And so if you're a pediatric neurologist and you want to build a private practice, there's plenty of areas where there's a shortage. So one, I mean, most doctors know where there's a shortage, you know, I'm, I'm having the worst time finding somebody to refer for X, whatever that might be. There are companies that actually do research on these kinds of things. So I did mention <clears throat> earlier in Sperity, I, I may not have mentioned their name, but, you know, as one of the companies that will, will co-employ your, your physician, your uh, uh, employees uh, and provide health insurance and all these other kinds of things, they also do market research. Interesting. They can look at market research and they can tell you um, how much you need to pay your MAs. Uh, they can tell you where there's a need for physicians. And they do this on a nationwide basis. And there's other companies that will do just specifically that. Um, this is my specialty. This is what I want to do. I want to live you know, near a medium-sized city and a rural area or a suburban area. And there's companies that for a fee will figure that out for you. Um, you know, but that being said, there's always changes too. You know, people are retiring, people are joining big groups. So there's, it's a, it's an, it's a market that is constantly in flux. Anything else for the listeners out there as far as concerns when starting a private practice? We've hit upon a number of things. Anything else comes to mind? Yeah, I, I mean, one other thing I think is really important, it's not really a concern, but rather it's a, it's a recommendation, is build a good team around you. Um, and, I, and I don't mean in your office. I mean a really good accountant, a really good lawyer, um, a lawyer that understands healthcare. I mean, really important. Um, so many of us use our relatives and our friends, um, which is nice because they're people that you trust and you know their quality, but they may not have the special skills that you need. So having an accountant that understands small medical businesses, having a lawyer that understands health um, health contracts uh, becomes really, really important. Um, financial advisor becomes important. I and mean, these are the kinds of things you want to build a team. 
And then I would really, really recommend finding two or three friends that you really trust that have had great business experiences and pick their brain. Sit down with them. This is what I'm thinking. Um, so number one, they're smart and they're successful. But the second thing is being in a different industry. Sometimes these people will bring you things you never would have thought of before. Um, and that can be very applicable to your medical practice. Dr. Greenberg, thank you so much. If you want to look into more of Dr. Greenberg, find out more about him and his physician buying group, you can find that at mppg.net. Thank you, Dr. Greenberg. We'll see you on another podcast. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Female Physician Entrepreneurs Podcast. If you like us, please give us a nice review and tell your family and friends about us. We'll see you on another episode.